So I'll be the first to say that you don't really need to have a podcast, even if you're in the business of telling other people that they should be having podcasts. I mean, it took five years of producing for other people to get this one going. But there is something to be said for eating your own dog food, as stated by today's guest, Mike Ficarra. Mike is the host of the Start Down podcast and author of Like Socks on a Rooster, and he's joining me today to talk about how podcasting works in his business, why social media is a pillar of that business, and the different ways he uses his show and his appearance on other people's shows to support his client work and audience building efforts. So welcome to today's episode of the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Mike, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I am so glad you've taken the time to join me. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor and I appreciate you having me on your show and I appreciate everyone that's listening too. So thank you for that. Perfect. So well, let's pretend who we've got listening is an entire auditorium of people yes. and you are standing in the center and there are spotlights upon you and the auditorium is filled with your ideal clients. You've got one sentence to describe your business. How would you do so? That's such a great question. I always get around and say, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. But if I had to summarize it in one sentence, I think that I really help make sure that businesses are firing in three key areas, marketing, sales, and implementation. Because if all those are not firing, the business doesn't succeed. Well, fair enough. But I mean, you must have a favorite. <laughs> you know, I love marketing. I think marketing's the most creative, right? It's least restrictive, if you will, to a certain point. I really enjoy the aspect of creating, whether it's coming into a new company. It's funny because we're actually working with a client now that is a very old franchise that's been around for a while, but they're doing a break off. So we have a lot of things that we deal with, with the existing franchise where it's like, well, that's how we've always done it for the last 50 years. And then the new thing, hey, we're doing this new concept, guys, get as creative as you want. So I kind of like both. And I like the newness, the nuances of a lot of those things as well. Once again, every day is different. That's really, I think, what is the most fun about what I do. That's one of the fun things about being an entrepreneur, isn't it? Is you get most days, at least, something something new and interesting to work on, something new to learn, all that good stuff. Yeah, it really is. And that's why I haven't figured out what I want to be when I grow up, because I don't have to. Like, if I'm interested in an industry, I go find a client in it. Then I learn more about it. I get to kind of, it's almost like going to work for a day and apprenticing for a little bit, you know? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. That's fun. It's lovely to hear you say it's sort of like that in producing podcasts, because, you know, when you produce like, you know, a legal podcast, you've got HR podcasts, marketing podcasts, so you get this crash course. Yeah. In the subject matter. It's really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So you are, you know, an entrepreneur, business owner, author, and podcast host. So yeah. I know you've got a podcast called The Start Down. What role does the podcast play in your business? Great question. And I tell everybody, for me, it's a lot like bus stop advertising. I always say, if you're a real estate agent, you better have your picture on a bus sign or a bus stop, because if not, people aren't going to know who you are. I think a podcast is kind of like that today for a lot of businesses. I don't have, I can around, I'm 100, I think I'm 160 something episodes in. We just released 162, I think today. I could be wrong. And I really couldn't tell you the exact direction that the podcast goes in or, or what I'm doing. I have a general audience and you know, we built that, but I really believe it's an important pillar just as much as it is having a headshot or a LinkedIn profile or things like that. And especially because I'm in marketing, I encourage a lot of my clients because sometimes it's like, hey, what are we missing? It's like, well, a podcast could elevate your business. And if I don't have one, how can I go tell my clients to do that? So for me, it's kind of not being the overweight trainer, if you will. <laughs> I can't be the marketing guy and tell you, you got to be on social media and you got to be doing reels. 
Like I even did a real day. It's ridiculous. I look ridiculous, but I encourage my clients to do that. So it's kind of like eating my own dog food is really the biggest reason that I do it, to be honest with you. No, that's fair enough. And well, let's think when you were thinking about starting your podcast, you're like, okay, you know, I'm a grown up professional. I need to eat the dog food. I get that. And I love that. What are some of the things that have been surprising benefits for you from podcasting? Podcasting, and I think the book I wrote as well, and, and I say this about both of them, really allow you to get a lot out of the way, right? It's done two things. Number one, I think it allows you to get a lot out of the way with the conversation. Because usually if I have a meeting or if someone you know knows I'm going to be presenting, what do they do? They Google you. They look you up. They go on your social media pages and my podcast is there. It's a nice way of them to know a little bit about who I am. And people have even told me, hey, you know, I knew we were meeting. I listened to your podcast and I was able to hear that and knew me a little better. And those people that do know me, I mean, lifelong friends, acquaintances, business contacts that I've known for years now, that I'm connected to on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram will always say, oh yeah, I keep up with your podcast. It's like the way of saying like, I follow you. I still know what's going on. So it's definitely kept me kind of top of mind. I heard yesterday, someone said, you die three times. Die once when you take your last breath. You die the second time when your soul leaves your body. And then they say you die a third time. And that's the last time someone says your name on this earth. So I really believe, and that was Chaz Palminteri said that, um, if you know him, Bronxdale, a lot of great things. And I actually shared it in my stories the other day. But that third time there, I think it, having a podcast and having this information out there, you continue to tell your story. So it's your top of mind, but you're also immortalizing yourself in a lot of ways, not to sound too egotistical. <laughs> Just walking yeah. that line. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> well, I mean, and speaking of immortality, I mean, you're also the author of a book, Sucks yep. on a Rooster. I, have, I named that correctly. Yeah. Similarities and differences, podcasting and writing a book. Tell me about that a little bit. Well, a book is, you're writing and it's done. I'll tell you that much. Podcast, <laughs> end, right? You're only as good as your last episode with the podcast. That right there, I think that's the biggest difference. I think it was a kind of how to start and finish, but it's an evolution. Much like a podcast and books, I think you could have multiple of them, right? Some people have multiple podcasts, they do series or things like that. I think the same thing, like I said, with the book, I tell the story, I love this. I went out to Las Vegas for a convention and met someone there. And one of the first post COVID conventions was really nice. And we had a good conversation, you know, deal kind of moved along. It was nice. And then it was about two and a half months later. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to be out in Vegas. So I'm going to be there too. Let's meet. Let's discuss this. Let's see if we can't see how we're going to work together. And he had actually, the gentleman I was speaking with, who would eventually become a client, he bought my book before he took the flight because he, he kind of saw it and he read it on the flight over. And when I tell you, he walked into that meeting and like he hugged me, he was excited to see me. He wanted to talk about the book at dinner, like just stuff he read and the stories in there and the concepts. It was like, I didn't even have to sell anymore after that. It was like a done deal. And I was like, oh, well, do you want to write? He's like, oh, no, we're doing the project. He's like, he's like, I know all about you now. I think a podcast and a book are a great way and once again, for me, these are all pillars. And it's something I talk about in the book. I think you need a podcast, you need a book, you need a social media presence. Everyone doesn't need it to be in business. Look, there's plenty of people making millions of dollars and billions of dollars that don't have a social media profile. Let's not get that confused that don't have a podcast, that don't have a book. But if you're like, hey, what could differentiate me in my industry? What could take me to the next level? What are some things that I could do to be different or grow? And you're not growing. Usually it's a book, a podcast, and a social media presence. Those are the pillars I think that most people really need to differentiate yourself and stand out in your industry if you want to be a leader or an icon or whatever it may be. That's a really interesting point. And it's just that you bring up social media as one of the pillars. You hear a lot about pillar marketing and how important it is to have pillar content. 
I don't think I've heard social media referred to as a pillar before. Oh, yeah. No, I'm terrible at social media. You know, always a behind the scenes no person. No good at it. It's like driving. No one's really good at it. <laughs> oh, my driving instructor would wrap your hands. <laughs> no one's really good at driving. Let's be honest. But uh, maybe, could you talk for just a minute about, you know, how you use social media to be a pillar in your business? And does social media feed traffic to the podcast, podcast to the book? What's that cycle of attention look like for you? I think it's both. It's a little bit of push and pull, as we always like to say. I think social media and the podcast, the big thing is consistency. I tell my clients, I do it all the time. You want to be the guy that posts seven days a week? Be the guy that posts seven days a week all the time. You want to be the guy that posts once a week? Post once a week. You know, there's Mark Rober, who's one of the biggest YouTubers, used to work for NASA. He posts basically four videos a year, but at the same time, and the guy makes millions of dollars on YouTube. The key is consistency. I don't care how much or how little you do it. The second thing is, I think, to me, it's if you're not telling your story, someone else is. And I think social media allows you to have that presence online. So that's the big thing for me. I use my social media. Yes, I do use it as a push and pull to the podcast. So I'll put the sizzle out. My episodes come out. We do like a little audio clip and a little audio sizzler we put out online. I haven't done a lot with YouTube yet. It's kind of on my to-do list. So I have a whole bank of recorded podcasts that I really want to release. I say I'm saving it for the 200th episode. That's just a great way of procrastinating, but (laughs) I do use it as a push and pull. I use quotes from my podcast that I create little quote cards that I put online. And like I said, once again, because of the industry I'm in, it's a little bit of leading by example, not exception. But on the same hand, once again, I think it helps keep you top of mind. You know, we live in a society where everybody consumes things in different ways. There's times where you want a podcast, there's times where you want a video, there's times where you like just scrolling and reading. So I think if we want to be top of mind, we have to be everywhere. Like I said, it depends on what your industry is and what you do. But I always say it's the same reason why realtors are still mailing out postcards in your mail because they know there's a chance you'll see it and you'll buy a home from them or sell your home with them when you're ready. I feel like social media for me is the same way. I like the presence of mine. And for me, it's also a time capsule. I truly believe, barring global destruction, the internet's probably going to be around for a while. This data is probably going to be served forever. My kids, my kids' kids, it's the way they're going to kind of see what you did and who you said and what you were. And and I'm always very conscious of that too. Every time I post or comment or leave feedback, a lot of that stuff's going to be forever. So for me, it's also kind of a time capsule. It's helped me. I love seeing time hop app on my phone. I love seeing this is what you posted on Twitter 10 years ago. This is what you posted on Facebook five years, especially having kids. It's neat to see, but I'm also from just even my mindset and how I've grown and changed and maybe philosophies and business that I've thought differently and grown and learned. So I think it's a little bit of everything for me. It's helped my business it has helped my business as well. I like that, that concept of, you know, going out, going forth and being social with very much the mindset of this is legacy content. You know, this could be seen by my kids and my grandkids. I think it, you know, it keeps you on your toes in a nice way. Sometimes a a less than polite, let's say, environment that social media can sometimes be. I'm just talking again a little bit about time capsules. So here's a question. I promise it's not a trick, but when is the last time you listened to your very first episode of your podcast? You know, it's so funny you say that because I'm one of those people, right? Guilty as charged. I don't typically listen to my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> my son, he's been like on it lately, like with my podcast, because him and I are starting a podcast. So he's been listening. Oh, I listened to that. And then I, I said something the other day at dinner. He's like, yeah, you said that on one of your podcast episodes. I listened to them. So I've recently, A, every time I release an episode, 
And listen, the new thing that I do that I love that I didn't realize, I'm like, why aren't I doing this in my own episodes? I'm a big listening to the episode on 2x speed. (laughs) (laughs) My 40 or 30 minute episode in half the time. So that's been super helpful. But going back to the first one, I haven't done that yet. That's a neat challenge. I may do that tonight. I think you should do it. I mean, if only so you can be proud of how far you've come. Yes. You know, I did have someone ask me once on a podcast, do you delete old episodes or do you listen to old episodes and get cringeworthy and delete them? And I said, absolutely not. And he was like, why? And I'm like, because that's not fair to my audience. Podcast isn't for me. I'm not doing the podcast for me. I'm doing it for my audience. And if I delete episodes or I change episodes and I take them out, that's only selling my audience. I don't know what's going to help somebody. I don't know if episode one or episode 111 is going to help somebody. It's important to leave them all out there. So that was an interesting question I once got on a podcast. Speaking of the time caps aspect. I like that you said that because I know uh, we work quite a new podcast. Episode three was a great conversation with my business partner and the audio just ended up terrible. My audio was awful. Terrible room noises. Absolutely the worst. As a podcast production agency, a little embarrassing, but as an object lesson in room noise. Yes. Priceless. Yes, yes, yes. So up yes. it lives. And now we point at it and say, don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> Always nice to show your own mistakes and not someone else's, right? <laughs> That's nice too, right? Well, let's uh, talk to me a little bit about podcast process. So, I mean, 160 odd episodes in. What's the workflow like for you for podcasting? You know, as a busy entrepreneur, it's plainly not the only thing you do every week. Oh, yeah, no. What, what does it look like from idea to released? Yeah. So going back, I don't know if covering your ears will work because you're wearing headphones, but definitely maybe take your headphones off. The first probably dozen episodes I did were just Facebook Lives I repurposed to be a podcast. This is about three years ago. I was doing Facebook Live a lot and I knew I wanted a podcast, but didn't have time to record. So I just took them. I actually hired a girl who, it's funny, she had me on her podcast and I was like, oh, what would you like to do? She's like, I'd like to start my own podcast because I'm like, great, I'll be your first client. Here's what I'll pay you. Here's my Facebook lives that I download, turn them into podcast episodes. So that was the original process really was that, which I know, you know, some people will say in the industry, that's the cardinal sin is doing that. Since then, I've gone to doing a lot over Zoom, you know, so I use networking, you know, if I bump into people or I go to an event or I get someone's business card, hey, I'd love for you to be on my podcast. I do solo episodes here and there. I'm also on an app called Podbooker. So that's usually how I get guests. Most of the episodes I do, I'd say 90% of them are probably guest episodes. And I do a solo one here or there. We record over Zoom. I have a team that I work with. So once again, owning a marketing agency is helpful. So I send this to my team in the marketing agency. They go through, edit, they pull out, they make a sizzle for social media. And we release, we use Buzzsprout, I believe. We were on Anchor, but we moved over to Buzzsprout and we release on there. So that's kind of the process that we go through with that. One thing I always like to tell everybody, one way that I've been really fortunate in growing my podcast is when I go to a conference, I don't usually register for the conference anymore. I sign up as press with my podcast. And then all of a sudden I made all these connections with PR agencies. So now I have at the event, you get like 12 podcast interviews knocked out of the way, which is awesome. And then you get 12 leads because usually they're teaming you up with people that you would be interested in working with. And then more than they keep sending me <laughs> people afterwards. So I always love to talk about that on podcasts because it's a neat little hack. Marvelous. My wife used to tell me when we would go to Disney, I tell everybody, oh, we just park at the Contemporary Hotel and take the monorail. She goes, stop telling people because they're going to start charging for parking. And sure enough, Disney did. So that's secret. <laughs> I'm giving it away, which may ruin it for me. But uh, hey, you know, that's, that's what this world's about. You share your information and then you go from there. That was good. I mean, and everyone's looking for podcast guests. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. all in the same boat with that. Of course, of course. And speaking of guests, I noticed something while I was creeping your website before we spoke. 
you've got an open booking calendar on your podcast page of your website. Now, is that just for guests to book as they will? Or tell me about that, because that seems like a really bold choice. Yeah, I mean, I use Calendly, which is great because it lets you block out times that you're not available. So these are the times I would want to record podcasts. It is a bold choice because sometimes I forget that it's out there and then I'll be like, I'll schedule something and then someone will book a podcast. Of course, I'm like, shoot, I forgot to go and update Calendly. But Calendly is great. I usually try to set it on the days I know I'm a little slower. It's been helpful because it's like, hey, I'd like to be on a show. Great. Here's a link. Go ahead and book. They fill out the Calendly link. They give me all their information, you know. And then once again, my team's great. It's funny you mentioned that because like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot I have that. They're great about they fill out a questionnaire and they get their bio and they get their links to their website and all that. And then they're able to kind of manage the process behind the scene, which is great. Do you ever run into a situation where someone books and you're just like, oh, this is not a fit. This is not going to work. Has that come up or might it come up, do you think? I would say of all the interviews I've done, like I said, 160 episodes, I'd say I said there was one where it was kind of like gentleman wasn't really prepared, if you will. And I don't know what he expected. And then he told me he just started his podcast and he's like, I do like an hour and a half long episodes. And I'm like, all right, buddy. I'm like, whatever. We're, like he just like had his own picture. I would say there's been maybe one out of maybe 130 episodes that where it hasn't been a fit. It, here's the key though. And this is why my wife married me. Low expectations in life is the key to happiness. So I see that all the time. <laughs> but you have to keep it as like a loose conversation, right? I think so many people worry about going, oh, what if, it's like network. Listen, I've been very blessed that most people I've had on my show, I've been able to strike a conversation up with or have a rapport. And it's just like in public. Sometimes you go places and you try to talk to somebody, it's just, it's awkward, right? It doesn't work out. But fortunately in this world, I think most people that are willing to be on a podcast and do that, we've tend to line up and just vibe. And I do a little bit of a pre-interview before to kind of break the ice, give my backstory, stuff like that. So I think that helps. And once again, I always say, hey, this is fun. This is a conversation. It's like we're at a cocktail hour at a networking event and we're just talking. That's helped a lot. I think a lot of that, and a lot of that was learned. Like, I'll be honest, you know, I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure if I go back and listen to earlier interviews, man, I was nervous as heck. The thing that shocked me the most, I hate to diverge from the question a little bit, but is people that say yes to being on your podcast. You know, it's easy to ask someone that you know an acquaintance, but like I've gone out and asked some people, and I've been like, that guy will be on? Like, wow, that's impressive. You know, they'll do it. Okay, great. And then it's like, whoa, what do I do? There's been a lot of that. A lot of canceling and rescheduling, though. I will say that. I get that a lot with the calendar. I had one today and I was like, really looking forward to it. It's tomorrow. And then he rescheduled. So, you know, you also have to be flexible. It's like my father says, thank God for the flexible because they never get bent out of shape. So <laughs> you just got to be flexible and enjoy the ride. And I know you're also a really frequent podcast guest as part of everything you do. So what about being a guest on podcasts do you like as compared to being a host? And what are those two ways of being like for you? I both like and don't like that you're not responsible for asking the questions. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's really neat to have the opportunity to be able to like, because like on the podcast to me, it's about the guest. So I'm always like, I don't want to be saying too much. Get a quick question, segue to it, let that person speak because the podcast is about them. It's not about me. When I'm a guest, it's like, okay, I got to give a thorough answer. And like, it's funny because I was actually on a, like an old school radio show once and I started interviewing them. <laughs> I was like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm just fascinated by you guys and what you're doing. So I started asking them questions. So it's like the thing I like is that I'm able to share my story and talk a little bit more, but it's also sometimes very difficult to do that because I want to dig in sometimes. I, very early on too, when I started doing it, I was so much in the habit of, but let me ask you about you a little bit. Tell me about your podcast. <laughs> so. Oh, how to piss off a podcast host in 10 steps. Yes, right? yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, can we rename this to my, no. <laughs> 
Have you ever had an experience as a guest where you're just, oh, I'm totally swiping that for my own show? And if so, what was it? I kind of just did that throwback there. More of the answers I give surprise me sometimes. I'm going to ask me about the leading episodes, or I think it's more of the questions I get asked. Then I'm like, I'll bank them more for like when I know I'm going to have a conversation with someone else. And it's very Mr. Miyagi style where sometimes it just comes out or it's like, like I said, like I didn't plan on saying that story, but you asked me something to trigger that show me paint the fence. It just comes out of my mind. And it's like having the conversation. I will say though, and this is a conversation I have with my clients and I was having it with one of my potential clients. She's like, I just feel like it's difficult in a social situation or great entrepreneur, but she's, In being interviewed and doing these things, she was like, well, how do I do that? I'm like, listen, you have to know what your story is. You have to know what are the things you want to talk about and what you're kind of like, basically, you know, and I always say like Tony Robbins, he does a week long seminar, but if you interview him, he's got a key story down where he talks about being in the restaurant and buying the dinner for the family. Like that's his key story. You got to have your key story, I think. And it's an important thing to develop if you want to be a podcast guest. I think a lot of people want to go on podcasts to sell and both and that's just like like if you get on it's like well i'd really love to talk about my six-step marketing process to help you become a 19-figure earner and you know go to space it's like okay great but people don't care they want to have a conversation you want to do that in a networking room like if somebody starts pitching you in a room at an event you know at the cocktail hour of the the conference you're going to walk away from them so you can't do that on a podcast and those are the lessons learned in what i've done like i said i've been very very lucky with the guests i've gotten they've been very good about that too i don't set the expectation i've just been lucky that a lot of people haven't tried to do that. I mean, hopefully they're doing a little bit of homework so they know what kind of show it is. And it's a yeah, not a pitch fest. Yeah. You like to hope. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have a favorite question that you ask guests with any regularity? Yes. I have a series of questions I ask at the end that I enjoy asking. It's one of my favorites. iPhone or Android, Mac or PC, Google Drive or Dropbox. And then do you listen to podcasts at 1x or 2x speed? Those are my like rapid fire favorite questions to ask at the end of a podcast. I'm really interested. Okay. So iPhone or Android, Dropbox or Google Drive, Mac or PC. Yep. And then 1X or 2X when you listen to a podcast. And what are your answers? It's interesting on the 1X, 2X thing. And it's my new favorite question to get. I do, listen, I do the iPhone. My team knows I'm an iPhone guy. And even like, you know, we got a few Android and even my project manager, he was an Android guy forever. And I said, listen, I said, when you're ready, because he wouldn't get on it. I said, I will buy you an iPhone. I said, when you are ready. I said, the company's dark. You sound like my business partner who's been trying and, to get me said, off of Android for years. <laughs> and I will pay your monthly bill. I said, I will pay your bill and I will buy you an iPhone. It took him about a year and a half. He finally converted this Christmas. He came over to the dark side, as they say. So I asked that question for that reason. Google Drive and Dropbox. Once again, my marketing company, they all love Google Drive. I'm a Dropbox guy. We have an ongoing kind of, just joke about that. Anytime either one goes wrong at Mac and PC, just because that's just a fun question to ask. The 1X or 2X, though, is interesting because I've gotten a lot of different answers on that. And for those of you, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't discovered that gem, usually on Spotify or any podcast platform, you could choose to listen to it at 1X speed, 1.5 or, or 2X. And I'll have a lot of people that'll say, I listen to 1X because I want to be present. I want to be there. Or, I didn't know you could do it any other way. The 2X, you get a lot of different things. Some people say, hey, I, I just want to be able to really embrace and consume the content. That's the speed I feel I move at. I move at 2X speed. So like my podcast would be at 2X speed. So it's been a fascinating conversation with those questions and, and the answers I've gotten from people. That's really cool. It's interesting where you can find insight in people. Yeah. And then that 1X or 2X, I can see how that is quite revealing. That's really interesting. Yeah. 
it has been no consistency in who goes either way. Everyone's got their own personal philosophy, which is awesome. Well, before I let you go, I want to be respectful of your time, but you did tease a little bit that you were starting a podcast with your son. So I would like to hear all about that because that sounds delightful, both from a content and also from a family perspective. So yeah. So I always say I got four kids that I know of. So my old oh. 14, 11, and then I've got five and four. My wife and I made the cardinal sin of saying we were done. And they're all great. Three boys, the girl is the youngest. But my 11-year-old, Anthony, he's my second born. I say my oldest son, Michael, got my name. He's a junior. And Anthony is my personality. So he's like, hey, he's super into sports, loves football, big fan of the NFL, and wanted to do a basically NFL sports podcast. He, he wants to play in the NFL one day. And I said, well, buddy, if you want to do that, you know, but also it may be good to know the industry and talk about different things. So it was his idea, though. He came up with it. So it's called the Three Points Podcast. We got a little graphic with a field goal on it, kicking the three-pointer. And we're going to just hit on three points every episode. So that kind of thing, it's going to be like kind of a sports banter, him and I back and forth. I'm just going to interrupt you to say to everyone who's listening, you can't see this because it's audio only, but Mike has this grin on his face right now <laughs> talking about his son on this podcast they're building that is delightful. Oh, Please continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm just super excited to do it with him. So we're going to start it when the NFL season, much like the school year, the NFL season starts, I think it's like March 15th, starts a new 23, you know, 2023 season. So we'll probably start it with there, following things throughout free agency and start of the season and all that. So we're in Miami, we're big Miami Dolphins fans. So I think it'll be fun. I think it's a good way to, him and I watch a lot of ESPN and the talk shows back and forth, like PTI and all that. So I'm excited about it because it's something different than I'm doing in my other podcasts. I'm excited for him to learn and he's in broadcasting at school. So he knows how to edit and do all this stuff. So he's going to really handle all the back office stuff of it. They're not on social media currently, but there's other ways we can promote it and we'll sort of get it out there. That's kind of the plan. So I'm excited. I'm excited. That sounds delightful. I mean, it sounds like a great way to like get a young person interested in new technology and learning about consistency yep. and the work that goes into the things they consume. It just seems like a really valuable activity as well as like lovely family time. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Perfect, Mike. So where can people find you if they want to learn more? And I should have given you a chance to do this earlier, but a little plug of your book, I'm sure would be uh, appreciated by everyone who's listening. Yeah, no, usually I'm in my office, so you could find me there. <laughs> oh, you mean like online? I'm sorry. So After two years of COVID, I don't even understand meeting people in real life anymore. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's my, my favorite new expression is Zoom butt. Someone told me that the other day. I've got Zoom butt from sitting on Zoom calls all day. I was like, oh, that's oh. classic. You can edit that out if you want. But Instantly relatable. <laughs> all right, so best way to find me, I'm basically Mike Care on all social media platforms, just my first name, M-I-K-E, and then my last name, F-I-C-A-R-A, all scrunched together. You know, on Instagram, Facebook, that's the best way to find me. MikeVicara.com is my website. Once again, links to my social media there and my book as well. On my website, obviously, shameless plug for the book, like Socks on a Rooster. It's basically, the book is a guide to the entrepreneurial cliches that are holding you back. Ooh. One of my favorite ones is like, your network is your net worth. That's only true if you do the work behind it. It's only true if, you know, all these cliches we say, they're great but they're only true if we put the action behind it. And that's what the book's based on, a little bit based on my story. You know, I started as a terrible student in school. I was a DF student in school, ended up becoming a teacher, then ended up working for a startup unknowingly. So the whole story is in there. And then how I got into consulting and marketing and all that is in there as well, as well as real practical tips on that I think could help every business owner. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, you're gonna become a six, seven figure earner because that's all crazy, but really a great book to pick up. It is on my website. It's on Amazon if you want to buy it at full price. On my website, if you enter in the word podcast, 
you will get it for 99 cents. That's not some sort of scam. So I can become a bestseller. I'm legit doing it for 99 cents plus shipping and handling. I will also autograph it if you buy it directly from my website and I will send it to you. Just appreciate that you've been listening to this and enjoying the show. Fantastic. Well, everyone, the links for that will be in the show notes. And Mike, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Megan. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on the Business Podcast Blueprint. I'm your host, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative. The show is developed in collaboration with Audra Casino. It's edited and produced by Erwin Galino and Jensen Galino. Notes and assets are written by Hazel Ann LaFortune, and the show is managed by Darla Fields. If you'd like to talk about developing a show for your company or business, reach out to us via any contact form on onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net. And I'll talk to you next week.